Life changes when you make yourself a priority and when you choose to take responsibility for your happiness and healing. By listening to this podcast, you'll learn about adoption from all sides of the adoption triad and you'll walk away with self-healer tools so that you know how to adopt yourself and transform your life by accepting, choosing, unconditionally loving, and prioritizing you. You don't have to be an adoptee to adopt yourself. Anyone can do it. And remember, adoption doesn't happen overnight and neither does adopting yourself. So practice patience and self-compassion and message me if you have any questions or desire guidance. Thank you for listening. I love you. Hello, my love, and welcome to episode numero cinco. I am so excited to be here, and I am definitely realizing that that is how I have probably opened up the past four episodes of saying hello love I'm so excited to be here so truth is I really am just that excited to be here and to be sharing these experiences knowledge stories with each and every one of you so thank you from the bottom of my soul the deep depths of my heart thank you thank you thank you for being here for listening and for showing up So I have already recorded several other different episodes. However, I honestly felt like, why don't I just share what's going on in my life instead of all of these different topics that I desire to have uh, to share about? Um, So that's how I've shifted and now am navigating forward is to give you a little brief update of my life and also whatever episode may be coming about that day or week. So uh, to harp on a little bit of the last episode about um, grieving through loss and loving through loss and grief, actually, um, this week, uh, my best friend's grandfather passed away, uh, 93 years young and such a beautiful long life that he lived and I realized that it, since it's still the month of February, that I went to a three-year-old celebration of life earlier this month and then a 93-year-old celebration of life today. And they both hit hard. They both are just huge reminders to live. That is why death is a thing. That's why it's part of life. It reminds us to live. So today I was reminded even more to just fully live, to love more, to love deeper, and to be grateful for every single breath, which I say every day of my life, every day of my nightly prayers. Thank you for every single breath. So I also recalled that uh, I saw another friend from elementary school and high school, and I realized I hadn't mentioned the passing of her father on my last episode and that that was a that one really rocked me too um I honestly don't recall what age I was um but it was another one of those passings from and I don't want to say another one of those because every passing is different and every human is different and deserves their own um their own glory and their own honor. Uh, 
However, this was another friend's parent passing away when we were still very young, um, which is challenging to move through. Um, It's challenging for a parent to bury their child, and it's challenging for a child to bury their parent no matter what age we are, but especially at younger ages. So tell someone you love them. If you love someone, let them know. Let them know, let them know, let them know. Say it all the time. Just do more acts of love and kindness to one another, which brings me to one of my favorite things that I've to talk about and one of my favorite things that I've learned over the years is self-compassion. As we move through life, there are ebbs and flows, there are highs and lows, there are beautiful, beautiful moments of glory and bliss and joy and love, and then there are moments where we feel like we're spiraling out onto the floor, crying in the floor of the bathroom. I know most of us have all been on that floor of the bathroom. It's beautiful. Some of my biggest transformative moments have happened on the floor crying, Uh And actually, some of them have happened just in pure bliss. And through all of life, it's extremely important for us to have compassion for others and even more important to have self-compassion. Self-compassion wasn't something I actually cultivated and practiced until the past maybe 60 years of my life turning 32 soon and I'm I always reflect on my life and on my growth but especially lately I'm really reflecting even stronger um, and seeing the growth that I've had and the patterns that have still stuck around a little bit and as I accept myself more and more every day I adopt different parts of myself every single day the beautiful practice of self-compassion lets me sit there with myself and be myself and have loving kindness toward myself for showing up just as I am and knowing that I am a spiritual being having a human experience. And as human beings, we choose to act and react in ways that aren't the best for us, aren't the best for the situation, aren't our best selves, aren't the best highest expression of who we really are. And in these moments of perceived inadequacy or failure or suffering, to practice compassion, practice loving kindness. The more self-compassion we cultivate and have and feel, the easier it is to accept and adopt and love ourselves. So, my journey of self-compassion, inadequacies, suffering, Uh, as I sat here before recording this, I was thinking about when I wasn't compassionate to myself and when it would have been more beneficial for me to be. 
And I realized that so much of my journey has been accepting and loving my physical self. And a lot of that is because that's what people see. They physically see me. I'm the one who spiritually sees me and mentally sees me more than anyone else. Uh, but that's who, what other people see. And as I began to contemplate and dissect this before hitting record, I realized that as an adoptee, I kept searching questioning, wondering about where I came from. Physically, do I look like my birth mother or birth father? There were so many parts of me that I used to desire to change, mainly physically. Growing up, I hit six feet tall at around age 10. And I recall uh, always being the tallest. And it took the, the boys caught up to me quicker than the other girls. Um, and it took them probably, I'm not even sure what age. It was probably high school that guys were finally my, my height. Um, but I recall growing up that physically I didn't feel like I fit in. Yes, I am white, and yes, I was adopted into a white family. Uh, my adoptive father has dark hair, and my adoptive mother has blonde hair, and I have brown hair, so like it could have fit. Um, I was a very large baby uh, coming from my birth mother, I believe, is six feet tall, and my birth father, I believe, is six four, six five. So, and since obviously I'm adopted. Um, I recall my mom saying, uh, and when I say mom, it's my adoptive mother. I recall my mom saying that um, people would always compliment her because she'd be carrying me around, but she'd be looking like thin as though, how did she possibly just have a baby so soon? Um, and that I was always quite large. Um, I've always just been really tall. And I recall as a child, I didn't feel like I fit in physically with my family. Uh, my brother looked a lot like my parents, um, and I just didn't feel like I fit in physically, emotionally, mentally, so many things, spiritually. Um, and because of parts of that, at an early age, that then led me to... Um, when I started to go to school and I was always taller, I had a widow's peak. No one else did. I have gap teeth. No one else did. Uh, what else? I had a cowlick. I have a cowlick on my eye, one of my eyebrows, uh, but I didn't really, I did get bullied. Um, not too badly, but yeah, it was a lot about my height. Um, and The things that I once desired to change are parts of me that I now love the most. 
over the years, I learned to embrace my height. I learned to embrace my uniqueness. Um, and this is part of why I desire to share even more with um, kids and teenagers about these different practices of self-compassion and loving kindness because those were the times in my life that they were really affected me a lot. Um, and my self-healer tip number one is self-compassion. As we grow every single day of our lives, we see different parts of us. And we see different parts of us, and sometimes we don't really like some of them. My physicality was something I desired to change as a kid. Growing up, I didn't enjoy being six inches taller than everyone else, sometimes a foot taller than everyone else. And then I learned to love it because I found volleyball. I suddenly was everyone's number one pick for their team. And I learned to love my body because of sports, because of volleyball. And then I created my identity around the sport. Uh, I thought I'd be playing beach volleyball into my 50s, 60s. Uh, I thought that that's what, where my path was taking me. Um, and so in high school, I thought I was hot shit um, because I was a freshman on varsity volleyball. I was the first freshman on varsity volleyball at Beverly Hills High School. And I um, was very aware of my physical body. Uh, like I said, I was already six feet tall and I was very athletic and all these guys were hitting on me all the time. (laughs) Um, so I thought I was the shit and I then had a back injury. Um, and I, right when I was getting recruited to play in college, I had a back injury which uh, I was basically told that if I kept playing at that level that um, I'd have a dislocated disc. And so although I did desire to keep playing, um, I just didn't want to go through the pain of it. Uh, I didn't want to risk it. So I gave up my career and I which was like a baby career since I was only in high school. But at the time it felt like, I just gave up so much. Um, But I had identified with my body being the reason, my body and athleticism being the reason why people loved me so much. I wasn't that great of a student. Um, I was probably like a, a B C student. I ended up being more of a C student later on. Um, but I was like an average student. I excelled in English. I excelled in writing. I excelled in art and history. Those were my jams. And I basically in college, I just got to this place where I had no idea who I was, what I desired to do. Um, And I went 
into a deeper depression and that was when I started self-sabotaging more I overate the ton um I pretty much gained 60 pounds from the time I left high school to the time I graduated college. Um, A big portion of that was due to me um, being in an abusive relationship. And instead of dealing with any of the emotions or processing it or leaving the relationship, I would smoke weed every day and drink almost every day and I would also just eat my feelings I would numb out with weed and with eating Um, and then I would also eat just to feel something just to feel fullness and to try to connect back into my body and through that time I was ripping myself apart mentally and this would have been a huge moment for me to learn more self-compassion, but at the time I was not at all tapped into personal development, Um, although I was taking a few classes about uh, like violence against women and girls and all these different things. I was very much tapped into politics and I was not tapped into my relationship with myself. So that would have been an extremely impactful time for me to understand and cultivate self-compassion because I kept seeing myself as inadequate. I kept seeing myself as not worthy. I kept seeing myself as deserving the abuse, the mental and emotional abuse, which led to rape. I saw myself just deserving it and I was choosing to suffer. And I was choosing to self-destruct. I was choosing to self-sabotage. And it took me a while to get out of those spirals. It took me a while to get out of that depression. It took me a while to hit rock bottom of firsthand seeing why someone would commit suicide. And that's when the light bulb went off. That's when I was like, oh, nope, this isn't me all right, I need a change. I'm not sure how to do it, but I am going the other direction and I'm getting through this and I'm moving through it. And I'm so grateful that I did. I was never suicidal, but I reached a place where I could completely understand why someone makes that decision. And that was almost 10 years ago. And over that time, besides having patience, Self-compassion has been the other tool that has gotten me to unconditional self-love. And from my experience, in order to fully accept myself and in order to start liking the parts of me I didn't used to like, to start loving the parts of me I just began to like, And to start unconditionally loving the parts of me I once loved. I needed self-compassion. In order to grasp more of it, which I'm not sure why I just said that sentence. (laughs) What I'm really thinking about is inner critic. So... 
We are our harshest critics. I am my harshest critic by far. And instead of us having a war within our minds, it's best to practice some self-compassion around it. So let's say your inner, first of all, regarding inner critics, um, I was actually going to do another episode on this, but let's just tie it together. So inner critics. Uh, like, do I want to do another episode? Uh, let's just go with it. All right. So we all have inner critics and they're a part of us. And it's a part of us for us to accept and not enable and for us to listen to and acknowledge. And I say this because when your inner critic pops up, the number one thing I suggest to do if you haven't already is name your inner critic. My inner critic's name is Charlie and I named Charlie about three years ago. And Charlie hasn't really visited me too much recently. Um, But whenever he does, (laughs) I acknowledge him and I say, hey, Charlie, okay, I see you. I hear you. Where's this rooted? Why are you bringing this to me? Where is this coming from? And I have curiosity around it. And... A lot of the times, as you contemplate through this, you might see that something that's very surface level might be a deep wound that you haven't healed. And it's just a little paper trail to get there and to then do the healing engagement surrounding that. And as I'm talking about inner critic, I'm like, I have so much more to say about this. Uh, I'll be sharing much more. Um... But it's important that as we navigate through the different thoughts that pop in our minds uh, and our mind, that we are the observer to the thinker of our thoughts. Our inner critic is there, but we are not our inner critic. If we ignore our inner critics, they will come back louder and stronger in different ways. So it's really best to just acknowledge them and to see what else is rooted around their presence. Why are they coming to the surface? What's going on? Is there something else that you need to look at? At the end of the day, it's how we treat ourselves that counts the most how we treat ourselves, how we show it for others. And in order to treat ourselves well, it's best to be kind to ourselves. And our brains are wired to look at for things that are wrong, to see what's wrong. That's just how we're programmed. And when it comes to our relationship with ourself, we may see things that we would categorize as wrong or something that we want to improve on. And that could be physically, mentally, how we choose to act, react, or show up. And 
it's not to say that that's good or bad. That's just how our minds work. It's just how our minds function. So instead of categorizing something as, oh, I want, I wish to change that about me because I think what I currently have is bad. Uh, it's not important to put labels on what's good or bad. It's important to see the reason behind what it is and to see if there's like a limiting belief underneath that, if there is a fear underneath that. I know for me, um, physically, so I was in peak shape in high school. Um, I, like I said, I overate and all this stuff and all this stuff. (laughs) I overate. Um, and as I was deep in my abusive relationship, I subconsciously kept thinking if I gain more weight, then maybe he won't find me as attractive. And after he raped me, I gained probably about 20 pounds after that. And it was, it felt like my protection. And I yo-yoed with this weight for probably six years. I gained and lost 60 pounds probably three times within six, after already gaining it, I lost it, gained it, lost it, gained it, lost it. And it was because it felt safe. It felt like protection. And I honestly don't even recall why I brought that up again. (laughs) Going back to... (laughs) Excuse me on that. I completely lost my train of thought. Um, Yeah, no. I'm even thinking of a grand piano because sometimes that helps me recall what I was thinking of or talking about. Nope, it's not even working. So I'm just going to keep going. Self-compassion. Some of the most dark times for me were when I lacked self-compassion because I would keep spiraling out. Instead of stopping myself, I would just keep feeding the darkness. I would keep putting fuel on the fire towards me feeling bad for myself, and it really didn't get me anywhere. And bringing it back, it's really just about patience and self-compassion. No matter what you're going through, no matter what you're experiencing with yourself or with your relationships with others or other circumstances, if you continuously come back to two practices of patience and self-compassion, you will see your life transform. Self-compassion leads to greater self-acceptance. Self-acceptance leads to self-love. And which will eventually lead to unconditional self-love. And 
have so much more to say, but I honestly feel like this rounded it out quite well. Be compassionate to yourself. Remember that we're simply having human experiences. And instead of being harsh on ourselves, let's practice more compassion. Let's practice more kindness. And let's look at the learnings of it all. When we're able to look at the learnings and see the gratitude and have gratitude, see the learnings, learn the learnings and have gratitude for whatever it is because that brought us more learnings, which then brought us more growth and involvement. When we're able to keep seeing that and we're able to keep sitting in that spiral, that cycle, that cycle of learning, growing, gratitude, healing, evolving, that beautiful cycle, we're able to flourish. We're able to transform more. So I will be sharing many, many more self-healer tips. Uh, this ended up being longer than I anticipated. Uh, I just love talking. <laughs> um, if you have any questions about how to practice more self-compassion towards yourself, I definitely suggest shifting and reframing parts of your language with yourself. So as I mentioned, you can name your inner critic and acknowledge your inner critic. Um, I have other practices that I'll be sharing soon about naming other parts of you, mainly your inner badass, your captain. Um, but start reframing. When you catch yourself going down the lines of, I don't like this about me. I don't like whatever it is about myself. Compliment yourself. Shift it into something. I really loved how I showed up for that person today. I look extra gorgeous today. I love how I held space for that other person. And shift it. Start shifting the spirals. And create more space for yourself to love up on yourself more. Because the more you love yourself, the more other people will love you. And the more love there will be in your life. Self-love is hands down the most important thing I've learned in my life. And self-compassion goes hand in hand with self-love and just every single day of life. Every instance, if you bring in compassion for yourself and for others, you will begin to see your relationships in your life transform. If you have any questions about self-compassion, compassion in general, or any other questions about anything I've said on this episode or other episodes, feel free to reach out to me. Um, the best way to reach out to me is on Instagram. 
My handle is A-L-I-S-S-A-J-A-M is in Mary, E-S-O-N is in Nancy. I am so honored and grateful to be sharing with you. And I am just really excited to share more. And if you are an adoptee, know that I have a adoptee support group call every Tuesday at 5.30 p.m. Pacific time. And it's a safe space for adoptees to open up, excuse me, um, to, uh, it's so funny, I like had to burp but didn't. Anyways, <laughs> um, every Tuesday it's an adoptee support group call where fellow adoptees have the opportunity to open up about our experiences and stories and just give one another support and love through conversations that heal. And we have a great group going. And anyone in the world can join. Also, if <coughs> if you're an adoptee um, and or if you have been affected directly by adoption, please and you desire to, oh, wow, I'm just fumbling all over right now. <laughs> and if you, <laughs> and I'm not going to edit this. If you are, if you have been directly um, affected by adoption and you desire to share your story or experience around it, or if you have gone through um, a big pivot or transformation in learning to adopt yourself, and you desire to share your story on this podcast, please feel free to reach out um, to Instagram, which I already mentioned, or uh, go to adoptyourself.com slash podcast and fill out the form there. Uh, I have so many more beautiful things to share. I almost just started jumping into my next self-healer tip. Oh, I just love this. I love you. Thank you for being here. Thank you for listening to my beautiful monotone voice. And I love you. Love up on yourself more today and more tomorrow. And have patience and self-compassion through every day of your life. I love you. Thank you for being here, friend. <laughs>